Welcome to Parenting Your Sensitive Child. Parenting a highly sensitive child can feel overwhelming, and all the parenting books in the world can only get you so far if your head and your heart are out of alignment with your child's. I'm your host, Julia McGarry. Let's create a new parenting paradigm. As a coach, there are so many things that I work on with my clients that seem like they have nothing to do with parenting. But when you take the time to investigate and work on these patterns, they have a profound impact on your parenting and your life as a whole. Last week, we talked about people-pleasing. This week, I want to talk to you all about boundaries. Now, parents talk about boundaries all the time, right? It goes hand in hand with setting limits. And when I hear parents talk about working on boundaries with their kids, usually they are talking about making rules or establishing some sort of expectations for their kids' behavior. And that's not how I want to look at boundaries in this episode. It's not how I teach boundaries to my clients, and I want to invite you to consider a slightly different perspective around boundaries moving forward. The boundaries I'm talking about are based not on our expectations of how our kids should behave, but on our understanding of ourselves and our own needs. So instead of boundaries being about defining what's acceptable when it comes to our children's behavior and then trying to keep them within those lines, We're talking about boundaries that we create to ensure that our own needs are being met. And I'll give you a few examples, all right? I have a strong desire for privacy when I'm in the bathroom. It's something that I set aside for a long time when my daughter was really little, but now that she's a little bit older, I'm able to work on holding that boundary for myself. I also have a need to feel physically safe and to be treated with kindness. And I have a need to have some degree of personal space while I'm eating. So these are things that I work on establishing boundaries around for myself. Because I know these things about myself, I'm able to articulate my boundaries to my loved ones as well as the action that I'm gonna take to preserve them if they aren't respected. So I tell my daughter, I prefer to have privacy in the bathroom. You can still talk to me, but please wait outside until I'm done. If that's really hard to remember, we'll have to find a solution. We might have to put a lock on the bathroom door. I tell her, I need space while I'm eating. If it's too hard to stay in your own spot, I'll have to move to a different seat. And just for context, we have benches around our table and she often just slides over to me so we're sitting hip to hip while we're trying to eat. This type of boundary setting works very well with adults, provided that you're comfortable giving them space to feel their feelings about it. So that's how we tie into people pleasing, right? So if you're uncomfortable with them having emotions about your boundary, you're a lot less likely to set the boundary in the first place. So you have to get comfortable with them having 
emotions that you can't control in order to set boundaries and be able to preserve them. And with adults, you tell them what your boundary is, and then you tell them the action that you'll take to hold your boundary. And then you follow through with that action if they violate your boundary. For example, maybe you have a friend who keeps calling you during work hours. I think we're going back to like the 90s, right? <laughs> so where we couldn't silence our cell phones, but just, you know, let your brain go there. You have a friend who keeps calling during work hours and it's disruptive and it's not actually a time that you have available to talk to them. So you tell them, I'm not available to talk while I'm at work. You can call me after five and I'll be free to talk to you then. But if you keep calling me during the day when I'm working, I'm just going to start ignoring your calls. I'll call you back when I'm free. Or setting boundaries may even take the form of protecting your child. So let's say that your kid hates nicknames and you have a friend who calls them buddy. Establishing a boundary in this case would mean saying, hey, my child really doesn't like nicknames and I need to ask you to please call them by their name. If that's not something you can do for them, then we'll just have to see each other when they aren't around. Being able to articulate boundaries to other adults is absolutely a skill that impacts your child. And being able to articulate your own boundaries to your child will help you stay more grounded and less reactive. Here's the thing though, kids don't have the impulse control that adults do. So you have to be willing to give them reminders. I frequently find myself saying, please scoot over, I need more space than this at dinner. But it's been ages since I had to switch seats with my husband to get that space. Once I give her the reminder, we're good. And I still get interrupted in the bathroom, but I say, I'm in the bathroom and I need some privacy. Please wait until I'm done. And most of the time, she closes the door and waits. We haven't had to install a latch on the door or anything like that. So the process for establishing clear boundaries and holding them is very similar with kids and adults. You have to adjust your expectations some. It's not fair to hold children to the same standard of impulse control as you do for adults. And if you try to, you're probably going to find yourself getting angry more than you want to be getting angry. Also, I need to note that by outlining the actions we are going to take to preserve our boundaries, we are stating the consequences of violating them. This is not the place for punishments. These are logical consequences and they're actions we're taking for our self-preservation. They are not actions we're taking to control our kids. It's the difference between, if you can't remember to knock, I'll have to start locking the door, and if you can't knock, I'm taking away your tablet for the rest of the day. It's a big difference and it leads to a relationship built on respect and communication. And since we know that our kids learn how to be in a relationship through their relationship with us, 
taking the time to understand and communicate your boundaries with them has a lifelong impact. I hope that this has been helpful. I think it ties in really nicely with that last episode about people pleasing because they really go hand in hand. If you are a people pleaser, you probably don't have very good boundaries. So a lot of times we have to work on both being willing to allow other people to have emotions that are uncomfortable for us and understanding and knowing our own needs well enough to be able to articulate them and take a stand for them with other people even when they might get upset by us doing it. Listen, if you're enjoying this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you'd take a few minutes to leave a review. It'll help other parents find the podcast, and more importantly, it'll help more grown-ups see their kids' sensitivity as the strength it truly is.